Hi, Katie. So we've been away for a little bit, but we are back in this uh, little podcast project that we have going. How are you doing? I'm good. We just moved. That's why we've had a break. Uh, you and I don't live together. You and I did not move. Oh, no, we but don't. You and your we husband don't. My husband moved. and I bought a new house and remodeled it. So now we're, I have an office there again. It it's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> an office that isn't the size of a cupboard. Correct. Right. Yeah. I am no longer Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I figured today, as we go into 2023, we can talk about um, some web design best practices or best techniques or things to keep in mind for 2023 that not only help, you know, convert more customers and more visitors, but also really help you with Google as well. Um, do you know what Sounds those good. five things are? I have no idea, but I'm sure you're going to tell me, and I'm sure I, I am going to tell you. Fantastic. That's, okay, great. <laughs> um, so basically, like we always say, your website is going to be, by the way, um, we're recording the video. So when you make funny faces, people are going to be able to see Yeah, it. it's just going to have to be there. I can't control my face. <laughs> all right, great. Um, so all of our listening audience out there, if you want to see somebody really emote, feel free to check out our emote. What is this yeah. called? It's not a blog. It's a it's podcast. Wow. Check out our podcast. Okay. Ooh, all right. Wait, does so, podcast have videos? Yeah, yeah the video podcast. Yeah. A video so podcast. YouTube is one of the most popular podcast platforms right now because of the whole video podcast thing. So yeah, nice. everything's come full circle from just audio back to video and whatever. Anyway, mm -hmm. yes, we will be showing <laughs> video versions <laughs> of our episodes. Um, I can't control You'll be this. able to see uh, Dory's new office and then you'll be able to see my green screen. So it'll be fantastic for all involved. Um, so anyway, uh, your website, whether your business is just getting started or is really well established or is big or is small, your website for your digital campaigns is going to be basically the cornerstone and the foundation of every campaign that you run. Because most digital campaigns that you have are going to be directing users straight back to your website. So that's why it's super important to make sure that your website is, you know, laid out, updated, and performing, you know, as best as it can. Um, so one of our first, you know, first tips, I guess you could say, for web design best practices would be a mobile-friendly web design. Um, and this, I would probably say, is the most important. Um, it really is. Now, I feel like we spend a lot of time on the phone these days. I really don't yeah. look anything up on the computer online anymore. Even if I'm on my computer... I will get my phone out and Google. <laughs> well, I only, Don't ask me why. I just do it. It's easier for me to navigate. You know what? This is a marketing podcast, not an efficiency podcast. So you Sorry. can you can do whatever you want. Yeah, just no, saying it works. That I agree yeah. that this is important. It's important. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like we're not efficiency gurus, so we can look it up however oh, we want. Oh, yeah, right. it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. It I could look it up on a version one iPhone. Well, I do have one, two, three, like three computers, an iPad and two cell phones. So Jeez. I like to make sure that everything is used. So you're unplugged. You mean you're, you're not I'm really so unplugged. Yeah. You're so disconnected. <laughs> I am yeah, one with great. nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Minimalist type technology. Uh -huh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, mobile, (laughs) mobile friendly web design is super important. um, Because just like Dory said, you know, she and a lot of other people, a a big portion of online traffic is done on the phone. Um, Especially when you're, you know, trying to run a campaign to generate leads, you're going to push towards phone calls, sometimes form submissions, but a lot of people want to push towards getting their phone to ring. And a lot of those clicks on the call now buttons come from phones, obviously, because when you have that call now button, you click it on your phone, boom, calls. Anyway, so another reason why it's super important is because Google back in 2019 actually shifted to a mobile first indexing strategy, I guess you call it. So basically what it does is it looks at the mobile version of your website. So, and it reads through all of that content to be able to rank it. And it reads through the mobile version first because it knows how prominent mobile navigation is for web traffic as a whole. And if you don't know, Google is the number one driver of web traffic in the world. Pretty much. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I believe I'm going to say it. Yeah, it is the number one driver of traffic in the world of all search engines. Yeah. So, and don't the other search engines kind of just go off what Google does? Some do and some don't. So you've got Google and Bing and they use kind of their stuff, but some other uh, search engines like DuckDuckGo and smaller stuff will use um, data from Google and Bing to do their searches. So it really just depends. But anyway, so yeah. Having a mobile-friendly version of your website is not only going to make it easier to convert leads because most of your users, about 50% or more of your users on your website are going to be looking at it from their phone. So you want to make sure it's easy to navigate and easy to use and not just a hassle to look at because people are just going to bounce right back out. They're going to say, this website looks horrible, probably going to try to steal my money, I'm out of here. And then for, you know, a bigger... SEO reason to get you to rank higher on Google, which is almost every website's goal. Um, you need that mobile-friendly design. Otherwise, you'll get semi-penalized from Google, and you're not going to be ranked as high. So mobile-friendly is definitely one of the most important. So basically what you're saying is all business owners should just Google themselves on their phone, look at their website, see if it's functional, and if it's not, call your website person yeah. immediately. <laughs> Well, and there are some, you know, and you and I have encountered it quite a bit. There are some um, websites that do have, you know, quote unquote mobile versions, but they're really hard to navigate. You know, the menus, the, the menu navigation is hard. It's too long and it's just, it's kind of a nightmare just to be on. And if there's one thing, especially, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic and everything, everybody really realized how important digital stuff was going to be going into the future. So it's a really big deal to make sure that all of your content is able to be viewed and interacted with on a mobile platform um, rather than, you know, just thinking it's fine. So yeah, look it up, go on your phone. If you're embarrassed by it or think that it could be worked on, (laughs) maybe work on it a little bit. Yeah. And I know I don't do it a lot. Uh, Katie does most of our our website builds. But when she does go to build a website and have Cedar do it, she has two totally different things for the mobile one and then the actual computer version of the website. So it's not just something you can click over and make it mobile friendly. It does actually require some 
work, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that is kind of a good point I didn't think about. So there's some, like, elements on a page that looks great on the desktop that doesn't really convert over to the phone. So if it's, like, obviously I'm blanking right now and can't think of one, but if it's a big video background, let's take a video background, for example. So you have this section that's got words and whatever, and it's got a really pretty video background going on behind it. And then you bring it down to the mobile version and you can't even see the video in the phone because it's just the whole thing is covered up with the image Mm -hmm. and the text. Um, And then in turn, because there's a big video background, it's probably going to slow down the page load. Um, so for us, what we might think about doing is either switching it to an image just on the mobile version, not on the desktop. Uh, that way it loads a little bit faster, uh, because people can't see the video anyway. (laughs) So yeah. And there's like different big elements, you know, somebody's got like a robot slapped in the middle of their desktop thing. We might format that a little bit different for the mobile version. Why would you have a robot in the middle? I don't know. I saw, I actually saw a website that actually had a really cute robot like in the middle of their thing. They were a technology company, so it was actually kind of cute. But yeah, anyway. Um, One of the things that I've seen that translates really poorly, and this is just from a lay person's standpoint, is when they have like groups of information right next to each other on the computer, like with a photo and then like a blurb, and then you try to translate that over to um, the mobile version and either it gets blown way out of proportion and it's huge <laughs> and you can't ever figure out which blurb goes with which photo. Um, yeah. So if you're including information on there, it's yeah. One of those. Yeah. Or it's, or it's well. like all the photos are grouped together and then all the text is grouped together. Yeah. So you're not yeah, really you can't sure figure out yeah. which goes with what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So converting over to a mobile version of your site isn't as complicated, well, might not be as complicated as rebuilding your whole site, but it definitely does take some, a little bit of time to make sure that it's formatted well. Um, So yeah, definitely for sure a mobile version of your website is super, super important just over the last few years. It's really exploded in, I would say, like, it would be the number one thing. Usually when we're looking at new clients and we see that they don't have a mobile version. That's like number one on our thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. you need this. Like we cannot run campaigns to it unless you have this because most people who are searching to, you know, buy a new product or call a roofer or call a plumber because their, you know, toilet is flooding and it's 2 AM are going to be looking it up on their phone so they can immediately contact somebody. So yeah, definitely number one mobile version of your site. Um, number two and Dory, you, I don't know, you might be able to add it on this one for sure, is um, keeping branding consistent. So, and, you Mm. know, branding isn't exactly our most favorite word, but um, but just keeping the vision of your company. (laughs) Yeah. Keeping the general aesthetic of your business the same throughout different channels. So a lot of the times before somebody walks into your office or they meet somebody for your company, they're going to look at your website or maybe even your social media, but usually your website and they'll look up some Google Mm -hmm. reviews, but you want to make sure the designs, the color profiles and everything on your website matches the company that they're going to be interacting with. You know, for example, if somebody were to call a plumber and they go on their website and all the coloring and everything is green and yellow, and then some dude in blue and red shows up and you're just kind of like, who is this person? This isn't the same. So mm-hmm. keeping your branding consistent all across the board from your, 
you know, website to your print marketing and, um, you know, kind of. This is something I think we as a company do quite well. Uh, We kept it super simple, black and white, literally everything. But when I'm at events, I try to wear just black and white. My business cards are black and white. The flyers that I hand out, the trifolds that I hand out are black and white. Then you click on it or scan our QR code and you go to our website. It's black and white. Um, (laughs) I do very much like pink, so there may be pink on me a little bit. I can't help it. Um, But for the most part, you know, from what I've handed you to go to our website, that it's the same company. You're not confused. There's no question about it. Like, well, even our fonts are similar. Like we don't use a crazy different font for different Mm -hmm. things. Um, Our general, we try to keep it very basic. (laughs) Yeah. Our general voice for what we're, you know, whatever we write on the website and what we write in our print material is written by you and I together. So it's all Mm -hmm. the same kind of voice that's consistent. And then, Most specifically, and I feel like this goes without saying, but keep your actual content consistent. You know, it's not like we say, oh, we do um, T-shirts, hats, and print stuff, and we do websites. And then on our website, it says we don't do prints. We don't do print marketing and apparel and everything. You know, like keep your messaging for what your company does and what, you know, keep all of that consistent. And a lot of that can slip out when you don't update your website. So we've Mm -hmm. seen people that, you know, they've had this one website for like 10, 15 years, and they normally just do like marble countertops. But in the last five years, they started doing flooring. Well, all of their brochures and everything say how great they are at flooring, but their website doesn't talk about flooring at all. So yeah, yeah, so you want to make sure that you keep, you know, not just your colors and your general branding, but your messaging. Mm -hmm. Your social media, which has like just absolutely taken off, um, needs to be consistent with your website as well. And Katie does a lot of our social media um, stuff and she tries to keep, first of all, it on track. So if you go to our page (laughs) or if you just stumble across it and you're familiar with our other posts, you know, that's a post from us. You know, it's very similar. Um, It's recognizable. And then when it takes you to our website, that's consistent as well. And I think it's something that gets that isn't really thought about too much. It's just a general consistency. And a lot of that comes from having different people doing different things. So like you probably have one person in your office that works with the web developer to make the website. And then you have another person in the office that works with the printer to make the brochures. So a lot of this design stuff can kind of get separated and be a little inconsistent because you have so many hands in the pot that are all doing different things. Um, So that's why, you know, whenever you have the time, especially, you know, we're already well into um, 2023, but it's why, you know, you want to make sure when you're looking at, okay, for this year, here's the kind of general design guidelines that we want to use. Here's the colors and the fonts and the specific photo style. You know, a lot of the stuff you'll see on our website is like little cartoon pictures or vectors and stuff. So that's kind of goes through the whole website. And then we use those same ones, similar ones on our print stuff. So you just want to get like a general identity together that you can send out. If you do have a separate person that does your website and your printing, you can send it out to them so they know which lanes to stay inside to make sure that you 
your company voice looks the same and it doesn't look like there's three different companies within your one company. You know, you want right. to create security in your customers and you can do that by doing consistent branding. Now, number three, you probably have a lot to say about this one, Dory. Number three is a simple navigation on your website. Yes. So, yes. um, Dory, walk us through what it's like to get onto a website that has bad navigation. Why don't you just put, bring us there in our minds. Bring us there. Okay. So you, you type in the web address, you get there, right? I'm painting y'all a picture. Yeah. So just like close your I eyes know, and, yeah. and go. No, right here. Yeah. Um, all right. So you, you go to this website and you're looking for something specific. Say you're looking for events, a certain type of event on this site. Um, you get to the site at the very top. There's all this information, a bunch of contact information, some random, I don't know, just random stuff up there. And then you've got your, your, what you think is supposed to be your menu bar, but it makes absolutely no sense. Half the words are cut off and it's just jam packed. And then you're like, all right, well, you know, it's events. So maybe about the area or something in the area. So you click on, you click on that and then it opens up and it's this massive box <laughs> full of all these different words to click on and none of them correlate to what you're looking for. So you're like, all right, well, maybe they just have it on the, the first page. So I don't have to go anywhere. Well, you start scrolling. They've got stuff in columns on one side and stuff in columns on the other side. They I, I really like symmetry. Um, they're not symmetrical. They don't line up. They're just kind of scattered everywhere. Um, so you scroll and you're like, well, maybe the <laughs> bottom, maybe the bottom has something good. Cause you know, a lot of people put footers in um, and it's a great way to just kind of get to the, the meat and bones of what you're looking for. You know, the contact us, you know, the calendar, like that type of stuff is all down there. Usually if it's not, you need to put it on your page, just saying. Anyway, so you scroll through all of this nonsense. You have no idea what's happening. Your head's about to explode. You've also seen some other interesting things on there that have distracted you from what you're actually on there for. That's annoying. Um, anyway, so you finally get to the bottom of the page and there's no footer. Um, there's nothing there. It's just more stuff, some of it relevant, some of it not, but you still have no idea where events are. That is not simple navigation. <laughs> <laughs> that will make me literally close the page and be like, this event is not that important. Um, yeah. Okay. You can continue that. That's, that happened so, to me recently. Just <laughs> FYI. It's very it's frustrating. So a lot of what you described, uh, like 90% of users on the internet won't even make it as far as you made it. So you're very determined to find the I am the very, when I want something, I at. try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But the majority of users that are coming in from Google, or if you're running any ads, they'll jump on there and they'll already know what they have in mind, what they're trying to find. So whether they're trying to find your contact information or they're just trying to find, you know, for for our services, let's just take our website, for example, they're trying to find website design. I need a new website. So in our navigation, we have website as an option, you know, website design services, boom, right there in the top menu, um, where a lot of people tend to lose track and get more complicated is kind of what you were describing, Joy. They have a lot mm -hmm. of information that they want to give to a lot of people. And you'll see this a lot in um, uh, product websites and in sometimes restaurant websites, you know, where I just want to come here and figure out what the address is, or I just want to come here and figure out your office hours or whenever the restaurant is open. Like that's all I want, but there's all this other fluff and stuff that you as the business owner might think is important, but really 
it might be good information, but if it's laid out incorrectly and in a confusing way, it doesn't help anybody, and it just makes people get overwhelmed and give up. Dory, for example, is a very um, unique example because she stuck around, but most people will come on and not be <laughs> able to find. They won't be able to find the phone number. They won't be able to find the email. They won't be able to find the calendar gallery or whatever they're looking for. They won't be able to find it fast enough, mm-hmm. and they'll just bounce back out. They'll find one of your competitors that has a better website Mm -hmm. and navigate through there. Um, So one thing that we do suggest, if it's at all possible, is to keep your main, and when we say navigation, we mean like the main menu. So what people see at the top when they first go onto your website, and that's on mobile or on desktop. So we suggest to keep the, the main choices on that main navigation to seven items or less. Sometimes it's not totally possible. Sometimes you do have more things going on, but you know, the mm-hmm. good rule of thumb is to keep it to seven things. And that just keeps it in your mind to not make it too overwhelming. Um, if you need, obviously, there are pretty much every website we have has more than seven pages. So that's where you can use the drop downs. And like Dory was saying, there are some websites that you have a drop down and it covers the entire page, basically, for the drop down. And there's just... Mm-hmm. The drop-downs have drop-downs of drop-downs, and that just gets a little <laughs> too complicated. And it's one of those things to where when you have people land on your website, you want to send them in a specific direction. And you can't do mm-hmm. that if you have all the information just thrown into their face. So, you know, that's why... When now, you're would dis- a search option be good for people with stuff like that? Because I feel like if this website that I had gone to with this horrible experience had a search option up at the top where I could have typed in events, and even though I had all this information and I'm sure it's important, it still could have been laid out better. But, like, if you so have a all search option, a search if it, option... If the search option... If like the search field does work well, then it's definitely a, a good option to just have. But yeah, because that's a lot a good of point. Because when you search uh, and you come up with random stuff that does not yeah. pertain, yeah. So if it works, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But a lot of times, you know, you might search for something like events or next calendar event or something, and it'll just show you like. Um, a blog from 2019 that (laughs) they wrote about here's our next wine tasting event here at the restaurant or whatever. So then you'll get even more confused. So I think the search bar is fine, but I wouldn't really lean on it for anything. But when you're running campaigns or you have a business that does any type of marketing online, you need to have a path in mind. Like what is the perfect path that you want your users to take when they arrive to your website? Do you want them to arrive to the homepage and immediately call? Do you want them to come to the homepage, choose one of your services, and then submit a form? Like, what is that in your mind? What's that ideal journey that they go on? And once you have that in your mind, you can say, okay, all of these other 45 pages have great information, but they're not totally necessary for this journey. And what a lot of people will do is they'll try to use the website as a replacement for the salesperson or as a replacement for the information gathering. So they think, oh, we have all this information on the website. So whenever they call, they're not going to have any questions, like no questions. We have it on there, whatever. And I can tell you that's definitely not the case. (laughs) Whenever people are searching on the internet, and I do it too, whenever we're searching for things, we tend to turn our brains off. And we don't really pay attention. So 
all we're thinking about is where is the phone number? I just want to call them. I don't want to do my own research and read this whole thing about how important shingle roofs are in Nebraska. I just want to call them and have them replace my roof in Nebraska. So it's kind of like that's why we always suggest to write everything and build your navigation and build your website to where it's simple enough for a fifth grader to understand. And that's not to call web users like dumb. They are not dumb. I feel but like we the tend... fifth graders are on the internet are a lot smarter than. So yeah. why don't well, we aim it at like the 30, 40 year olds? We're the ones <laughs> struggling right now. <laughs> well, and it's mainly because, you know, you're not. Usually when people are searching for this stuff, they're either panicked, you know, because they're looking for an emergency plumber or a roofer or they're, you know, it's it's their off time. And so they've used that to kind of shut their brain off and look through things. You know, we have some clients that run a RV campground in South Carolina. And so that's definitely a vacation thing. So people aren't going to be looking at it with a critical eye. They're just going to be excited to go on vacation and want to book their trip. So it's keeping things as simple as possible, whereas you might think, oh my gosh, we're missing out on so much information, but that's what people are for. So the purpose mm -hmm. of your website is to give them enough information to want to raise their hand. So they call you, they submit a form. They don't need to know the history of storm shutters. They don't need to know uh, how they're built, where they're built, how long, you know, whatever. Some people might have those questions when they call, like, what's your lead time? How are they, are they made in the USA? And they're all valid questions, but they're not questions that need to be answered before that person calls you. So, so that's your website why it needs to be the spark notes of what yeah, you do. Pretty much. Yeah. Make it clear that you have quality to offer and cause you don't want to lose, you don't want to overwhelm people and you don't want to lose their interest. And the best way to do that is to have complicated navigation and complicated over informative stuff on your website. Um, so number four is going to be using photos and videos. And this kind of, goes into what we were talking about with number three with simple navigation, but people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, they're coming to your website either for a purpose or they're coming to learn more about, you know, I mean, they're always coming for a purpose, but they're coming to either act fast and call you or learn more about you. And we actually you have a good example of the photos and videos. Um, we had a client that he offers several different types of products. Um, and had them all listed as words that you could click on. Like you could go search it, click on the words. Um, we were doing a re website rebuild for him and changed the words to little, I, I actually just built them in Illustrator, little pictures of what these people were supposed to be clicking on. Um, and it made a huge difference. It was so much easier for people to go to the website. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Click on it. A lot of also because a lot of people don't know what they're called. You know, they don't Correct, even know. Right. It's like, oh, it's that thing that rolls down and comes back up or, oh, it's that thing that closes yeah. in two pieces. So a lot of people, one, don't want to read or two, don't really know what they're looking for. Um, like we had and an AC it, company. Everybody is a fan of pictures. Like yeah. Books. And it's just more engaging. So photos yeah. and videos are a lot more engaging and it's easier to keep people's attention when you have a video. So for example, on the SEO page on our website, we have some great information that's written in there. And, you know, we worked hard on writing that stuff, 
but I have no expectation of 90. I feel like, and I know that 90% of the people are not going to be reading all of that. Um, and a lot, and you might ask, well, what's the point of putting any written stuff on your website? Well, we do it for Google. So um, what we'll try to do when we come up with um, a blog or anything that we want to add to our website is we'll try to show it in at least two different mediums. So we have the mm -hmm. text so that Google can read it and see that we're doing cool stuff. And then um, we also have photos mixed in with it. So this podcast that we're doing is actually based off of a blog that we wrote in the beginning of the year. So um, we'll link it in the show notes. So you'll see that it's a blog. And then in this same blog, we have literal photos saying the same mm -hmm. things as the text. And then we're also recording a podcast and a video with the same information. So it might seem redundant and it might seem like a lot, but, um, you know, obviously you don't have to regurgitate everything like we're doing right now. But if you have, like Dory was saying, you're trying to sell a specific product, show a picture of it so that people one can recognize it and two won't get bored. You don't want your website to ever feel like homework. Um, mm -hmm. especially for, you know, if you're trying to sell a, a product that's more of like a recreational product, show photos of the product, videos of people using the product and how cool their lives could be with this new product, enjoying it with their family, whatever. So using photos and videos are going to make your user sessions longer. It's going to keep people on your website longer and will interact more with your company. And it really helps kind of solidify their trust with you a little bit because they're able to see that, you know, Oh, they spent some time. This is some real, uh, this is a real company. They do real stuff. Look, they're, you know, inspecting this house and, oh, how awesome is that? These are real people, whatever. So it also helps them connect with your company on a different way than if they were just reading the text. Um, mm -hmm. Our last one is strong calls to action. So we see a lot of websites when we're first meeting with people that they have some great info, even if their uh, navigation is simple and clear and it's easy to move around their website, but it doesn't tell you to do anything. Like I'm going through your website, I can see all of your services, it all looks great, you have some great photos on there, but what do I do? You know, so adding calls to action, which are buttons and headings that basically say call now, buy now, learn more, send us an email, fill out a form, all of this stuff that can drive the website user towards a specific action. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like what we were talking about earlier is figure out what that key journey is and what you want users to do when they first get onto your website. Do you want them to buy something? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to fill out a form? And then once you figure out what that goal is, now it would come into ours or your web person's job to figure out how to direct them towards that one place. Like a herd of sheep, we want to get them into that pen. And between here and there, there's four different mazes. How do we get them to that? So it's all directing, you know, not to call internet users sheep, but here we are, and directing <laughs> them towards this specific action that we want them to take. So that's another one of our initial questions when we first meet with a new company is, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to pull out their credit card and spend money? Do you want them to send you an email? What do you want them mm -hmm. to do? And then we build 
a framework out of doing that. So if your website doesn't have any calls to action, you know, you can, sure, you can have your phone number on there that's clickable, but that doesn't really count. You A call to action is literally with your website saying, call us now, get started now, you know, mm-hmm. so... And I mean, even in this blog, I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> this blog, I guess our call to action at the bottom is, are you tired of being ashamed of your website? Call us now. And it has a button. Um, I guess I was being a little cheeky that day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you never. Yeah. What? So yeah, a, a simple like button with just email or just your phone number does not mean it's a call to action. So, you know, getting using words and different copywriting techniques to get people to take action. So you need to figure out what you want your website users to do. And a lot of people don't really think about that. You know, like what works best Mm -hmm. for you? A lot of times it'll be a form submission because, you know, you might be on top of a roof or under a sink and won't be able to answer the phone all the time. And that's fine. So you get the form submission so you can get back to them. Um, but yeah, exactly. strong calls to action without and I explicit- think bottom line, people like to be told what to do, especially with exactly. this type of stuff. You get somewhere yeah. and you want to know what to do. Tell your people what they should do. Yeah. Is your bathroom flooding right now? Call us. We'll be there in two hours. You know, it's very, Oh, okay. You know, so a lot of people, you know, some people will sure take action without it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> some people will take action without it, but the majority of people will need a clear, you know, call now. And it can be like just a regular button or if it's, you know, emergency services, put it in red, make it bright, put some big, you know, mm. big text on there. So it's different ways to grab their attention and get them to take action. Otherwise, a, a majority of the people aren't going to do that and will just go find another website that does that. Um mm. So, Dory, why don't you run us through a quick review of everything we just covered? We're going to make sure it's the test. Go. Okay. Go. So what Uh, are our five website best practices? Number one. Okay. Number one, um, (laughs) keep it mobile friendly and make sure you're checking your website. If it's not mobile friendly, make it mobile friendly. Um, Number two, uh, make sure your branding is consistent not only on your website, but your social, um, your apparel, your promo, like uh, everything across the board. Just make sure your branding is consistent. What does this mean? Make sure your colors are consistent. Make sure like fonts consistent, stuff like that. Just so they know that it's you, no matter what platform they're looking at you on. Um, My favorite, make your navigation super (laughs) simple. We don't want to be overwhelmed. We don't want to think just easy, just easy. That's Tell all. us what to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one, strong call to action. Tell us what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like we want to know what to do. Keep it easy and tell us what to do. Man, and we're making the internet sound like, like small children. But it really is. I mean, but I mean, it's, fair. you don't want to have to, yeah, it's keep it simple so that your user sessions are, you know, you don't want them too short because that means people are leaving too fast, but keep it to where, you know, somebody doesn't have to study your entire company to figure out what to do to get a hold of you. You know, just keep right. it simple. Um, simple, but impactful. It's kind of the best way to say it. Um, so, yeah, we do have a written blog based on <laughs> this podcast. So if you did, for some reason, want to read everything we just talked about, um, you are welcome to do so. We'll link that in the show notes. Um 
Yeah, we'll also be posting the video version of this podcast on YouTube and then the audio everywhere else. So make sure you like and subscribe. I've always wanted <laughs> yeah, to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've said it in the past ones. Yeah, yeah I probably should like have. That. I just yeah. really like to say that. <laughs> subscribe and leave a five-star review if you don't mind, if you feel so inclined. And yeah, if you need any advice or any help with anything or you realize that your website doesn't meet some of this stuff and you need help, you know, with figuring out a game plan of how to do it or coaching on how to do it yourself, uh, feel free to give us a call. Um, Absolutely. I guess, and that's a call to action. It so is. call us again. now. Yeah. Call, yeah. Don't call us now. Maybe. Depends on what time you're listening to this. We might not answer. Um, if it's call 2 a.m. We, no, we you can answer. call whenever. If it's outside of time, just leave us a message and we'll call you back. Oh, yeah. You can call anytime. We just might not answer anytime. We do yeah. like text messages. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, thanks so much for listening and we will see you guys next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.